Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. And another round down in the books in the NRL season and uh, a lot of clubs Getting home barely. The origin effect, I thought, was pretty obvious. But on the flip side of that, a lot of origin players backing up and, I think, standing out for their side's box head. Yeah, they did. They did, and that's what the, I guess the origin coaches would have been wanting to see out of Wednesday night's game. Tougher, I think, for, you know, in particular, the Penrith, Canberra, uh, and who was the other Friday? The South and the Titans players. I think that's, that's a tough gig, 48 hours later. Not really having a run with the team. Uh, well, the, the the theory is that the it's easier to back up that quickly, but I couldn't imagine that it's very easy. Um, you know, forty eight hour turnaround. So, just kudos to those players for even backing up. I liked what Anthony Seabold did. I liked the fact he didn't play any of his Origin players. I think that'll, you know, people might not take a lot of notice of that at the moment, but I think it'll ring true and pay some dividends at the back end of the season. That's for sure because I think those players will definitely see benefit from not having to back up. Well, I don't want to take away from that, but in saying it, they have a very good forward pack that's basically, you know, I know Crichton was out, but they've got the three Burgesses. Get all that. It's probably also Robbie they, they really, won the week before and yeah. they probably weren't expecting to as well. Robbie Farah is a really good backup. Your halves are unaffected. So I think they've got the core there to kind of go on without it. But 100%, it's smart by him to look at it and go, you know what? I'm willing to push all in here again this week without those couple of guys. And hopefully it does pay off, but yeah. they've certainly got the talent there still in that group, as they showed last week, to get the job done. Um, yeah. Uh, but doing our set of six, as we always do, first off to kick things uh, off, and we'll do that on behalf of Nepean Boltmaster. Nepean Boltmaster is your complete fastening system supplier with their main office in Penrith, and they have another one at Seven Hills. They cover a massive amount of square meterage with their warehouses, and they boast the largest range of fasteners and associated products, not only in the region, but throughout the state. There's a lot more to the Boltmaster than just fasteners. You'll also find industrial and engineering products, abrasives and hand-cutting tools. You've got lifting materials, handling products, safety and cleaning products, paints and general hardware. Nepean Boltmaster provides total need sourcing packages for all trades associated with construction, engineering and all industry segments. www.nep.bolt.com.au Wasn't the boys there? More than just nuts and bolts. Tackle one for me. I already said it a couple of weeks ago. You agreed, but I think it's a certainty now. Manly, after a couple of strong performances uh, against Melbourne, gone. Brisbane, etc., uh, it's all over. Coruscant gone. Suli losing his passport, missing training, whatever the fuck happened there. Uh, did Barrett, Barrett did a good smother. Yeah, he can smother all he wants. And I, again, I think it's 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 a minor thing somewhat. It's, he did something minor, but it was minor enough for him not to play. And again, I know so. you don't walk. He hasn't walked away from like other clubs. Have I get that? But you've also pushed in the third 
people to pick him up. So you'd look silly for picking him up and sacking him again straight away. So yeah. uh, in that sense, you know, good on him for trying to work with him because he's only 19, 20 years old. But now that Coruscant is out in particular, uh, they're in dire straits. I watched their cup side of the weekend. Jackson Hastings isn't playing well there, and I don't think it's got to do with football. I think it's got more to do with the mentality and what he's been put through by the club, rightly or wrongly. Um, there was talk that there'd be maybe legal action for defamation, and to be honest, at this point in time, regardless of what they think of him or what some people think, I think he'd be well on his rights to sue the club because um, I don't think anyone's going to touch him after what's happened. Well, I think he's, he's well within his rights because it was clear that what Trent Barrett came out and said mm. was against... The playing contract. What I, you sign as a play agreement on a playing contract. And I do feel bad somewhat for Barrett because I think his players, some of his senior players, have also thrown him under the bus in the club. But I not. don't feel sorry for him. I think he. I think he jumped I think the he's gun. Been, he's been let down by management. Yeah. Management should have said, "Listen, don't say anything. Don't say that because they, they should have sorted illegal. in-house first. Though they should have had a chat." Mm-hmm. Man to man, got the group in. Who's got problems? Because clearly they weren't all on the same. Barrett's definitely got to take some responsibility. He does, but I still think the club has really hurt him in this circumstance and not helped him out, and the playing group as well. And his senior players didn't back him up after. So whether it was your Cherry Evans camp and those few guys on board with him, compared to Lane and a couple of these other guys that we heard that were involved with that incident, which all started things off. Clearly, it wasn't the whole group, and they jumped the gun, and it's all gotten uglier. But I'll tell you, he's laughing. Old Jeff Tuvey, he's laughing. He's definitely laughing right now. But uh, they're halves on the weekend. Hodkinson and Cherry Evans, the kicking game was ordinary. They were ordinary full stop. Cap pressure's there. Marty Tapao's been shopped around. He's basically their best player or close to it, besides Jaboyevic is the most consistent. So, um, yeah, it's not looking good at Manly, that's for sure. And Coruscant's the final straw. Brown, I didn't see play cup on the weekend, so I don't know if he's injured, but I'd heard a bit inside mail that he had the shits as well because he wasn't getting played. Um, at all in first grade. So well, it's... Brown and Winnerstein are the two for me that sort of been on the outer. Well, Winnerstein um, surprised me because he played a lot last year and suddenly this year he was just... And I'll tell you who boring. I... Brad Parker came in for Suley. I, I don't understand why Suley got a gig in front of him. I don't mind Brad Parker. I'm not really a big fan, to be honest, of Brad Parker. But whenever Brad Parker comes in, he, he does a job. Like He's solid, but I, like I said, just, just full stop. I don't know. I just I look at it and go, like, they've gone and got Suley who's been sacked from two clubs and then... Parker's on the outer. I don't know. I just think it's. I don't think he's on the outer, but it's bargain. But well, it's he's a on the outer in the fact that he hasn't been playing until Suley got the flick. But yeah, I don't know. Hooker's an issue uh, all around. Well, Hooker's an issue now, but, definitely. Yeah, now it's a massive issue, and uh, yeah, I think they had the Kiwi number nine junior under twenties number nine Manisi Fanu, who started the year playing at nine. He wasn't starting yesterday at nine. He was thirteen on the weekend. And he didn't play all that well when he did get his chances. Yeah, right. So, Enough on Manly. Yeah, unfortunately, I think uh, for Manly fans out there, all the off-field dramas and everything that's come as a collective, plus a couple of injuries, including this one now, uh, will be the nail in the coffin with the result on the weekend. Number two, touched on it before. I don't think this needs a whole lot more to it, but the Origin players to me were the best players this round. And I know people say that should be the case because that's the reason they play Origin, but more on the fact they backed up. And I thought, in particular, like a game like Penrith, I thought the guys that had the week off for Penrith were ordinary. I thought the best players on the field for Penrith were their halves. Was Campbell Gillard, Tyron Peachy grabbing two tries and a bundle of energy. Valentine Holmes yesterday, uh, Arrow and Wallace for the Titans. I could keep going. Today, those couple of guys for the Dragons that played, Clemmer, all the Origin players, I think, did an exceptional job backing up for their clubs, regardless of two-day turnaround, five-day turnaround. and um, It's it's a huge wrap to all that did back up and, and played exceptionally well. Yeah, no argument. So No argument. I, I think... From a player welfare perspective, it's going to be the end of players backing up like this. This I think will be the last uh, collective bargaining agreement where they'll have to back up, but uh, they're still doing it. 
and they deserve some credit for it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like I said, amount of exceptional performances. But, yeah, very, very good over the weekend. Number three, uh, another one I don't think needs a whole lot of explaining. But the people in Darwin, they deserve a refund because that game on the weekend to go there, that was... I, I said it every week, regardless of what's happening, and people talk about refs and this and the standard. I watch every game of football. That's the first game, I think, this year that even if I wasn't home for it on record, I couldn't finish it. And I ended up finishing it the next day just because I wanted to see it. Did you watch the Titans-Rabbitohs game? Yeah, it was pretty bad too. But that game, uh, for two teams that were expected to be top four, one was basically, we all know, the unanimous pick to win the comp or the favourite for the comp. They are both just awful. They're bad at football. Everyone in Darwin, I apologise. If that's the one game you get for this year, you would have been walking away. Yeah, but on on paper, pre-season, they're looking at that going, that's a blockbuster. And that turned out to be a shit bowl. So, unlucky people of Darwin. Giving their money back. No. But would have been a good day just to get, get on the scoobied. Yeah. Yeah. Just get actually <laughs> scoobied on That's the That's what I was going to say. Wouldn't have paid attention to any of the game. On the plus side, as long as you got there nice and early and got oh. to rip in and have a couple of schooners. A couple of schooners. Well, then, yeah. Uh, tackle four and a big issue for everybody. And I, I've backed the refs most of this year. But honestly, how can the uh, the difference between origin and club football be so massive? And it wasn't until we went and saw the origin game and then watched club this weekend that I was like, really? Like, to say that they were going to ref it the same for Origin, they're lying. And people go, oh, it's because there was 34. Of there was 34 lying. elite players on the field. That, was, that wasn't the, uh, no. the difference. That wasn't the difference at all. There was plenty of crap that we spoke about in our review, like Will Chambers' three knees before the one that got cooked, like Greg Inglis' double slam in the ruck, and just some. there's heaps of stuff that at a club game they would have got pinned for straight away. I'll tell you what I loved on NRL 360 on Thursday night. Um, Buzz Rothfield came out and said, boys, Todd Greenberg... Read my letter in the paper on Monday. Oh, he he must have. He, he must read... have read it because he listened, guys. He listened. Oh. And he they put the whistle in their pocket. You know, the other one after that, <laughs> New South Wales, I'm saying it right now, they're unbeatable. Unbeatable. They're, they're, they're going to win this series. They're unbeatable. They're Fucking unbackable favourites. It's, like, well, it's a team that was down two with 30 to go in Origin 1. Guess what happened last year when we were unbeatable after blowing them off the park? Yeah, we Game lost. one in Suncorp. We come back to New South yeah, Wales. Nice. Shit the bed. And you're giving them motivation. Yeah. Thanks, Buzz. And yeah, it's... Brad Fittler must have been going, yeah, great. And there's going to be some changes too. They'll, they'll roll at least two or three yeah, changes. Yeah, and we're going to have a couple of changes as well because there'll be an injury or oh, two. Usually. There, usually there always, always pops up. Yeah. I'll, tell you, I'll say one thing though. If Tarek Sims is their 18th man, he played very bloody good today. He was excellent. So too. hopefully it's not... If it's a forward, uh, you know, I'm pretty confident about him. Hopefully we I'll don't tell have you what, any I key like position. One guy who I don't rap a lot, but Ryan James was fantastic was, on Friday night. So In our reviews, he I looks, put that um, there. He looks next cab off the rank for the props, and Tarek seems to chomping at the bit for middle and back row. Was, and we've got – well, and Josh Jackson as well. Like, uh, he was unlucky. He was awesome. Not, so there you go. Yeah. We've, got, we've got some guys there ready to go. And I was going to say, in the reviews, I had that put in there. If there's any way to respond after being put into the squad, then called and saying you're back out, he handled it the perfect way on Friday night with the way he played against the Well, no, that, it wasn't that. That wasn't the case. Freddie explained it on okay, well, Sunday um, footy show yesterday. He said that they had twenty players on yeah. standby, and he was number 20. he was number twenty. And they rung him and said, "Listen, we're going with Clemmer, and we're going to have Sims and Kotrick as 18, 19. So and he's maybe already not been needed before, I think. And and Ryan James's uh, response apparently was, "Look, I'm just wrapped. You're looking at me." Yeah. Um, and you know I'm going to keep ripping in and do the right you know, thing. Yeah, and he certainly and he did. did that. He, was, he went he was out exceptional. and was great. So yeah. credit to him, man. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, refereeing. I'm starting to like warm it. to him a little bit. I don't really like the guy <laughs> oh. as a Titan fan, <laughs> but I'm uh. warming to him. But I don't think uh, you, you can argue and explain all day, but it was more people are blowing up and coming up with reasons to this and that, why it was different and 34 players and it's elite level. That's all bullshit. There was different rules for Origin. They don't have to come out and admit it, but it's obvious for all to see and the fans aren't stupid. No one's stupid enough to look at the two games and not think that there's a lot of stuff that happened in Origin that would have been penalised in a club game. Yeah. So if you're going to do it that way, just let club football be like that way as well. Or It's one way or the other. And I've been back in the crackdown, but honestly, uh, I get it. I you, you can't come out and suddenly say, "Oh, it was the same as." But the again, club. who came out and said that? Who came out and said it was going to be refereed like a club game? Well, that's what they were. Bernard Sutton, the coaches, both were talking that they'd spoke to the referees and Kevin Wilders and that, and they said they were told that's the way it was going to be. It's but, just stupid. Like, uh, stupid. Origin should always be refereed differently. And as 100%. much as people say, jump up and down and um, say, you know, it should be the same as an NRL game. Well, no, it shouldn't be. No, it's a different game. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, that's just like they should allow fighting in origin. But I'm a little they bit should. old school. I, oh, like, and that's no disrespect to, you know, people who have been coward punched or whatever. Like, I don't condone a coward punch, but I think origin is just naturally... There's more aggression in origin. There's more passion in origin. It's the pinnacle of our game. I, I do think they should allow punch-ons in origin, but, you know, that's just me. A bit of biff, bro. A bit of biff, mate. I'd love to see it in the game. Bring back some fisty cuffs, I reckon. A bit of left, right, good yeah. night. And, and I wouldn't reckon. I wouldn't bring back the shoulder charge. No. I, I reckon the shoulder charge has pretty much been brought back anyway. All these all these late hits in the back are all shoulder yeah. charges. All in tucked in. And... and they're worse than a shoulder charge um, from the front because these players can't see them. Mm. I, been... went, I went on my rant about that in last week's well, there was the a few. review. There, there was another one today, Woods on um, James Graham. Yeah, like just hit him late. I'm not going to defend it. Brandy defended him. I'm not going to defend it in the sense that I thought he went in half-hearted, but it was stupid. But he hit him and he wasn't looking and he was relaxed. The one like Boyd on Cleary on Friday though, and then Gub, the same deal when we talked about attacking halves, Gub's leg attack on Cleary on Friday when he come down from the kick. Yeah, that was ordinary. I think he's only looking at a week, but that's the shit like that they've got to start getting people for. That's, That's just dumb and... Again, I think someone, I heard it on the Triple M NRL thing, I listened to the podcast today while I was at work, and someone brought up that, no offence to someone like Charlie Gubb, but people pay to see players like Nathan Clear. It's not discounting your big men, but when you've got somebody who's in and out of first grade front rower, chopping down a state of origin level halfback like yeah. at the legs like that, well... That's bullshit, but when, that's, they, when they walk out on the field, everyone's equal. I get that, but yeah, it's just, it's not smart. You've got to protect them. They've got to crack down on that. They've got to crack They've got to protect every player. And on that note, moving on, two tackle five, more one that I just picked up over the weekend. And I, I hate this. It always seems to happen at some point in the year, but just the injury toll from the weekend. Um, after Origin, none of them Origin players, but there was a couple of big injuries uh, and it's really hurt a few clubs that were in need. You've got Coruscant, like we spoke about, the Manly were kind of on their last legs and now they've only got four wins with, what is it, 15 games gone or so. So their last nine or 10 games, they're going to have to come up with basically eight wins and they've just lost their hooker and they've got no depth. You've got Rapana, who's got the worst grade hamstring tee you can get for Canberra, who are another team that have blown four or five very close ones that they need, but now they're on life support. In power rankings, like they 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 should be in our top eight. They should be if they they've didn't blow five so games. Many, they've thrown so many rounds. games away, man. The first three rounds. That was another one. I turned it on um, with eight minutes to go and they were ahead by 10. And I tipped Canberra. I was like, ah, Beautiful. Yeah. And then bing, bing, bang, gone, lost. Well, it was first three games, and then who was it a couple of weeks ago? They beat Manly, but there was someone just before that that they blew it against, and then they've blown this one. So I think it's five games, basically. Mm. And they come up with a stat. Was it Cronulla? Yeah, well, it was Cronulla. 
Yeah, they've grown. Oh, they blew. So this season, and again, we said at the start of the year in the previews, I had them out, you had them in, but on the back of if they had enough oh, wins. Frustrating as hell. But if they had enough wins, Josh Hodgson's only a week or two away, they're saying. But now it seems, again, uh, there you go. a bit too far to reach. Uh, and no, Paul, it's not. Uh, I don't think it is. I but... think five wins, no Paulo, no Tapion. They lost Rapana now. Like, I think it's... It's getting there. The last call. They're on their like. They're on their final legs. I'd be happy to put a pen through Canberra right now. Oh, really? So no, not me. I don't know, but I'm not feeling too confident about Canberra. Not but, me, Lewis. Uh, Rapana gone long term. Poor Jamie Bureau can't catch a break. He's blowing his ACL. Um, Time you know, to give it up. End Jamie. of off contract at the end of the year. Newcastle can't take a trick in that regard as well. Don't have a lot of depth. Jesse Bromwich got injured again at Melbourne. They're looking four to six weeks. Kick out today got some positive news. He's gone from six to four weeks down to like one to three. It was a low. Great MCL and Max King for your mob, I think, popped his shoulder out. So, um, yeah, just injuries that always seems to happen around this mid part of the season. But it's pretty hip grave didn't get injured. Oof. Tell you what. He, oh, he, he, mate, he, he would have done us all a favour. Well, the funny thing is, tackle six. I've got two contrasting oh. things here. I've got stupidity and bad luck. Poor Kate Ellis had been on the field in two games for about four minutes and had been on just after a warning had been given for a penalty and both times he's been sent to the bin. I think he spent four minutes, five minutes on the field total and he's been pinned for two sin bins and he's just walked off like, what? I just want to play some NRL and you've put me in the bin again. He's one of the nicest blokes you'll ever Exactly, and that's as as you personally know and I know as well and I I just feel bad for him. And then on the other hand, I was going to say, Keegan Hipgraves broke a... Record that Michael Butner said, I think, in 2002, the last time someone got sin bin twice in a game, just <laughs> carrying on like an absolute peanut, giving away multiple penalties, dropping the ball three times. And I love the bloke, but, mate, you're not in the UFC. It's not park A-grade football. You can't just run around being a law unto yourself in 2018, unfortunately. All the potential in the world, like the aggression, like the intent he plays with, but he's just dumb, for lack of a better word, at this point in time. And if he doesn't get smart, he's not going to be around long enough to fulfill his potential. And I'm hearing the Sharks are interested, which... To me, he's no surprise with uh, Gallon and a couple of these guys getting to the back end of their career. But if he doesn't wise up, he's played, I think, maybe 10 games so far. He's been suspended three times already, and he's been put in the sin bin multiple times this year. Like, you, you can't pay for someone or you can't rely on somebody like that, regardless of their ability, if they can't stay on the field. What's your term? The best ability is? Availability. There you go. And I've got one as well. The best awareness is? Self-awareness. Exactly. So, Keegan, you're an exceptional talent, but, mate, you need to get smarter. And poor Kate Ellis. He spent about four minutes on the field. He's been sinbin twice. Yeah. But Hipgrave also made a shitload of errors and stuff as well. Three errors, two penalties. So not a great weekend. But there you go. There's our set of six and out onto our power rankings brought to you by the Penrith Solar Centre. We weren't say, doing power rankings during Well, we are now because it was a full round. Oh, so not much change anyway, honestly. Come on, mate. But Penrith Solar Centre, they say defence is the best offence. So what defence have you got in place against the nasty situation of rising power bills? Well, Brock's got... This plan in place from Penrith Solar Centre, and that is solar panels, clearly. Penrith Solar Centre is Western Sydney's leading solar specialist. Whilst you have little control of your team's outcome, the expert team at PSC is devoted to giving you back control of your power bills. Let the sun work for you and your back pocket. Save thousands per year in energy costs, and it may be the difference between good and great seats watching the 2018 NRL Grand Final. Contact the team at PSC today on 1800-2029-30 to discuss how they can make you the real winners this season www.penrithsolarcenter.com.au Number one, Penrith Panthers, nothing changed for me. They found a way to win. Yeah, it Panthers. was ugly, but their players backed up. They've still got injuries. They lost Kikau the other night, but they've got a few apparently about to come back. Panthers. So, number two, ugly win as well, but still Souths. Souths. No origin players two weeks in a row. Two wins, it all counts. Number three, Dragons. Uh, 
Exactly. Ugly win. Players backed up. Yeah. Still, they're clearly the best three teams. So still don't know about their bench moving forward and whether they're going to have enough to potentially threaten for the competition. But one to thirteen, good football side. Yep. Number four, who you got? Warriors. All right, I've still got the Sharks there. Uh, ugly win on the weekend, but a good bounce back considering the first half they looked absolutely rattleless. Yeah. Number five, uh, Roosters. All right, I've got the Storm at five. Uh, they haven't really moved for me. Still got a lot of questions over the side. I think defensively this year they've been quite poor, to be honest, which is a big surprise. Uh, one of the worst completion rates in the comp, worst amount of errors in the comp, which are things you don't typically relate to Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, number six. Sharks. I've got the Warriors at six. Finally, Johnson comes back in, and I think he proved why. Um, he's such, it makes such a difference to that team on the weekend. And when Sheck gets back in with him and Luke and that right edge with Harris and Fussy Tua, I don't know what they can do in the finals, but if they all st- stay healthy and their forwards can lay a platform, you know, I think they could upset a team on the day. Number seven. Ah, uh, the Storm. Well, they've only won eight games. They've got a game in hand, though. Get it, but they've only won eight. So I've got the teams, Roosters, oh, pardon me, Roosters, Sharks, Warriors ahead of them. They've all won nine games. So right. I've got the Storm, yeah, down there. They, they've been very unconvincing for me. Well, I've got the Roosters, and the main reason I've got, say, the Storm and the Warriors ahead of them is because the Roosters haven't blown anyone off the park yet, bar the Knights. I still wasn't impressed again on the weekend, and they barely beat the Knights, and uh, why I think, think there were some good signs again, they still mm. haven't impressed me at all. Got nine wins. All they're the potential there. in the world, and I'm waiting for it to click. And to me, they're a premiership threat if they get it right. I've said that 100 times, but I've still not seen it just yeah. yet. Uh, and number eight. Broncos. Same deal. Uh, still don't they think... were good yesterday. That's probably a game. I thought they they won a lot of games they didn't deserve to win early in the year. You can make a case that for 60 minutes of that, they were the better, better side yesterday. I, I think first half they were exceptional yeah. and they still didn't come out with much and then Melbourne just blew them off the park in they the did. second half. So um, To me, again, they're not a, not a threat for the comp. I think. For me, that was one of their better performances of the year yeah. is what I'm saying. Well, they, I, they've, they've played worse than that and won is yeah. my point. But I honestly think, again, to me they're a top eight side given – the position on the ladder and the young talent they've got, but they still don't have a seven. I don't consider them a threat for the title, unfortunately. Um, but moving on from that, uh, there's our power rankings. The only change I think I had there was seven and eight. Yeah, I don't even know. And then on the outside of that, I've got nobody. The Tigers are sitting there. They're for me, there's, there's a top six, clearly. Yeah. Dragons, Panthers, Rabbitohs, Warriors, Storm, Roosters, and then even Sharks. I'll throw, I, I think seven teams are locked in already. Yeah, I'd agree with you. And I think the Tigers are one of the Because only even ones. from 7 to ninth, there's a four-point gap. Well, what's the gap between Tigers at ninth? That's two wins, isn't it, to the next team? No, Broncos at 8 is, are on 16. Tigers at 9 are on 14. Raiders at 10 are on 12. That's what I'm saying. Knights from, are on 12. Below that, from below ninth. Newcastle, you've got Titans, Manly, Cowboys, Bulldogs, Eels. They're all dog shit. None of them are making the finals. Yeah, well, I honestly think under the Tigers... Well, even, I said a few weeks Raiders. back, Manly down. I, my position hasn't changed. Well, I knocked five you, teams you gave You gave Manly a hope. I didn't. So we've got one, two, three, four, five teams. I've eliminated those five. I think it's 11-team comp. I knocked five out. You didn't knock Newcastle out. I've got a list. I'm pretty sure I knocked six out. But okay. I, I, even if I didn't, I'm happy to knock Manly out now. I don't know if you're happy to knock Newcastle out, but I am. No, I'm not. So I've basically got the Raiders on that gone as well. So I'm almost at the point where it's a nine-team comp. But it's pretty sad. I think, uh, I think, and just yeah, some of the games is hard to watch. I think the one upside for me though is inside the top eight. Even those couple of top sides have beaten one another, so there's still no clear. I think once we get to the finals and post Origin, it's really going to kick in. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of teams in contention. Uh, so from that perspective, I like it. I also think the top four haven't really broken away. Like the top three have, but I think there's going to be a real fight on 
for that fourth position as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good post origin. Most definitely. But there you go. Power rankings done. Uh, set of six done, and now into our game reviews. Brought to you by PokerDeluxe.com.au. Footy season is back, and if you're at a sports team or a club, if you're looking for a fundraising idea. Look no further. With over 10 years of experience, Poker Deluxe are the industry leaders in fundraising for sporting clubs. Paul and Adam are passionate about what they do and love to raise much-needed funds for clubs. It comes with a $1,000 profit guarantee as a minimum. They provide all the equipment, host around the night, and over $2,000 worth of prizes to be won. It's a no-brainer. If you're on a committee or involved in a club or any sports team, get in contact with the boys at Poker Deluxe and see how they can get you that $1,000 profit guarantee. You get $100 off if you mention the podcast as well. And to date, they have raised over $1.5 million for sporting clubs around Australia. They also do bucks parties. They teach you how to play cards, all sorts of things there. So www.pokerlocks.com.au. Paul and Adam, thank you very much. But game number one, Friday night, the Penrith Panthers, 23-22 over the Raiders. I know a lot of people weren't happy uh, with the refereeing in this game and thought the Raiders were harshly done by well, I were. also still think there were some calls that went the other way that were wrong as well. So yeah. um, the strip one that Blake Austin scored off, he did play at the ball. He did knock it down. That's a knock on. To me, that's a no try. Um, I think on the flip side of that, yeah, there were some poor calls or some soft penalties that gave Penrith some opportunities. But at the end of the day... Look, I'll cut it this way. If Sevilla Havili doesn't take that fucking oh. dog shit field goal, well, Canberra win. That was the, that was the play. It was very poor. Very poor. So, but also, put everything aside. If if he just gives early ball to one of the halves, they get a decent crack at a field goal, and if it goes over, it's ding dong. And but again, though, you led by ten. You had all the advantage to finish the game. Yeah, I get off. it. They, they've got no one again. I, I look, I think there was a couple of dodgy dodgy calls in there, but well, I think there were some bad calls the other way too, though. So whether yeah. it evened out or not, you know, you could argue. But I think they got a try they shouldn't have got. Um, I think. You know, they, they did it hard. I will give them that. And people are blowing up going, oh, well, we didn't have Paul. We didn't have to play. Well, Penrith is still missing plenty of players as well. And they lost Kikau and had four back up from Origin. So you can't cry poor in that department when you're playing against a team that's still got a decent injury list as well. Yeah. But they still almost won the game, which is why I'm dumbfounded with 16 errors compared to seven. They were their own worst enemy. Possession was almost 60-40. But I don't care. All that aside, in the last 10 minutes, 15 minutes of games this year when it needs to be shut out, they haven't done it. They've been mm. awful. And they blew another one, plain and simple. Penrith pulled them their pants down right at the death there. James Maloney knocks that kick over from the sideline, and then Cleary, when he goes back upfield, kicks the field goal. And I know people were going, uh, I think there was a strip that no one was happy about. But at the same time, Bateman pulled out the ball the last chance they got off the scrum when Arda ends up dropping that ball the last chance they got. So I think all around there was plenty of dicey calls in that game. But I wasn't a fan of, like I said before, Gubb going after Cleary's legs, and I think he got hit once by Boydie off the ball as well. Um, but yeah, Canberra, hard night at home. Leilua went off after one minute. Rapana out long term now. Not a good thing for them. I tell you what though, that forty twenty was quite quite interesting when you yeah, hit that one. It was a cracker. And another one you left down the board there. As much as I love Nick Kotrick, he dropped one going over the line. He had the line open and he dropped that ball. So yeah. I thought he had a really strong night. And Sliver Harvilly to me, well, he's getting a stern, stern spray. Well, they just gave him a rap because he played his first eighty minute game the other week, and I thought he started. And Arda Hungano, like I know you got to put on the wing, yeah. but man, catch the ball, some. Yeah, it's pretty pretty hard circumstance there. But Ricky, he showed his emotion as usual, drop punt in the chair. At, that was great at the back end, um, but yeah, wasn't their way. And honestly, like I said, I, I thought the better players for Penrith were their Origin players, Peachy, the halves, Campbell Gillard. Yeah, off, I, I thought the guys off the bye were quite bad to be honest. I thought Fisher Harris was pretty quiet and. 
Corey Harawira and Ira looked like he was asleep. Crichton got caught in Farre's pocket even on that first try for Kotrick. They had a three on three, and he for some reason came in and left the door open for Kotrick to get down that edge. He ended up fixing things up later in the game, dragging him over the sideline. But um, given the circumstances, I thought they both made it harder uh, on themselves than they needed to. But yeah, fair. as usually happens in this circumstance, the team with winning form and things going their way find a way to win the game. And Canberra, for the fifth time this season, have left points on the table. So lots right. of questions moving forward. Injuries, still no clarity over the halves. If they're going to sign, Caesar apparently has an offer. No news on that yet. Austin had a reduced offer that he rejected. No one else is interested. Uh, they've got the Pommy front row coming. Sutton now as well. There's there's a lot of questions at Canberra moving yeah, forward. There is. Hodgson's a week or two away apparently, but um, yeah, have to see what's happening there. But for them, I have to give a wrap to Josh Papali backing up again. He was outstanding. Jack White was pretty good, and Rapana before his injury, I thought was pretty solid. South Titans, eighteen oh, sixteen. Let's, let's do this in thirty seconds. Please. Thirty errors. In this game, it was dog shit. Uh, it was an awful game. I thought the Titans. South were probably worse than the Titans. They were. They really were, and it was as simple as too and many. That's, that's me. That's by no means me defending my team. No, because they were horrendous. It was but simple. That South were right down at their level. Yeah, very simply, uh, like I said, thirty errors in the game. Impatient. Basically, thought they were going to blow you guys off the park. Always trying to move the football, going too laterally, way too many passes. Uh, they left a lot of points on the table, to be honest, for the opportunities they had. Yeah, they the Sam Burgess one early on, when George clumsily ran into Wallace on the inside, and they scored with ease the few times they held the football. But I honestly still thought you guys were pretty tough, but you weren't much better as far as errors and completions. But <sighs> similar candidates again for a very scrappy game. I thought Sam was good. George Farrer and his two weeks back in, it's done a pretty good job for South and. Uh, similar deal. Team that's on top, in form, winning games, finds a way to win. And team that's on the bottom with injuries and some struggles there kind of works their way out. A lot of people for the Titans were angry as well about at the end, a call that went against them to give them an opportunity to have one more set of six. But uh, from memory, looking at that one, I, I can't really remember. I think it was a touch for a kick that was going out to Robert Jennings mm. that they were complaining about. But for the Titans side no of things... No complaints. Yeah, I'll finish the game. For the Titans side of things, I think the big one was Ryan James, like you said. His response on the back of being involved in that squad or giving a phone call. Yeah, he was good. He was exceptional. Um, and your your origin backups again, Arrow, Wallace, I thought had pretty good games. Pete's not a bad game, but end of the day, Garth Brennan uh, and the Titans up there hasn't exactly been a great year so far. Mm. No, it's been ordinary, mate. Ordinary. Yeah, not great, but yeah. South, I'm That's sure. It. sure no. I'm sure we won't see South make that many errors again. And Seabow would be happy to escape with that win, plain and simple. Yeah. Uh, oh, actually, just one more thing I've got to bring up. Honestly, first grade coaching, off-season, pre-season, how can you let Cody Walker score that try? Oh, we terrible. talk about inside shoulder, putting pressure on. They didn't even have the numbers there, and they all just turned out, slid, went backwards, and let him find a hole that he'd wanted to run through. And that probably sums it up for me when people at the end of it were complaining about opportunities. I look at that and just say, if that's how you're going to defend, you don't deserve to win. So, Yep. Yep. Uh, Warriors Manly. This one doesn't need a lot of explanation either, but 34 to 14. Manly, pretty good start. Uh, you know, they hold on on their goal line after being under pressure for a few minutes. They go down the other end of the field, find a sneaky try through up in Coruscant. They get a penalty, and after about 10 minutes, you think an 8 0 over in New Zealand. Pretty good start. The Trebojevic is backed up, but it all started to go downhill when Ken Mamalo, off a poor kick chase, basically rolled 50 metres upfield. 
Uh, then Lane comes up with an absolute rubbish read to let one of the easiest, softest tries you're ever going to see. And from that point onwards, it was all downhill. They just rolled all over the top of them. The back three, as they have been all year, absolutely exceptional. Um, Green with Johnson back in, a bit more balance there, not as much pressure on him. Luke back from injury. They had most of their key players. Hikus are more than adequate feeling at fullback. But from that point forward, they just took them off the park. The Harris try on the other edge as well, where Green threw the nice double pump and just held up that shape. DCE getting absolutely power slam late by Isaac Luke when he was inside 20 with a late opportunity. And the second half, Marmolo absolutely bulldozing. Johnson running the football, so it seems like his hamstring's quite healthy. And the shapes they're running down that right-hand side, the combination between him and Luke and David Fussy too, who I still think is the best finisher, if not close to, in the NRL. Uh, they just they had a field day, and the manly fifth tackle options and commitment, in particular someone like Daly Cherry Evans. People are saying, can you drop him? Can you do this and that? When you sign someone to a lifetime contract and pay a million dollars a year, you've just stuck an anchor to yourself. And when they're not playing well, well, it's just something that they're going to have to they've deal. Up. They're just going to have to deal they've with it. They've cocked up because so. he's probably not even the third best player on that team, and he's getting by far top money. Well, if you want me and to... also, I don't think he's a great. He's not a great leader. No, nah, and that's one thing I think a lot of people are complaining about. He's not winning any game. So out. I think Jake is the obvious choice for captain, given age, status, personality, and moving forward. I think mm. I think there's an obvious choice to be your captain right there. But uh, in what you said, I think exactly. Jake, Tom, Marty, Tapia are probably I think three players straight away that come to mind that are better. Yeah, like on on form at the moment. Yeah, but like on potential, he could. Oh. Easily be, he proved uh, it the best player. Yeah, but. so I don't know whether it's a little bit of origin, you know, not not being considered for origin, and but there's no excuse. Like you get paid by your club, and if I'm manly, I'm fuming with how poor he's been. We've seen one of the best tries that we've seen all season as well. That left to right shift where they got across the field and found Fussy two over before he. There was his... two tries that I I really liked out of that game. The Warriors scored just yeah. crisp. Yeah, and they were going straight to open up the edges. Or, they were far too good. They played with good width. They really worked over the halves as well to drag players in and get quick play yeah, the balls. Far too good. Overall, yeah, exceptional. Manly. Johnson. Bad at football. Johnson back in the side. Looked great. Luke looking great. Uh, good signs. Fussy two out the back three for Manly. Tom and Jake backed up well, and I say it every week. The front rollers are great, but they don't have a lot else going on around them. So, yep. yeah, halves kicking game. Awful. 86% completions for the Warriors and good football on the back of it. Kearney last year, we said high completions but not playing any football. If you can find the balance between playing a decent game and high completions, well then, well, they got a good, they got a good nine there. Going to be and very. Well, they've had they had a good nine, but the nine's now fit and he's just in a good vein of form. They've got a good seven, and they've got an even better fullback that's coming back as well. So if they all stay on the field yeah. together, very very good spine, good good win for the Warriors. And again, they're basically staking their claim, not having any origin effect on a finals berth. The Roosters over Newcastle. Uh, I thought this was. Better from the Roosters, but at the same time, similar to all year, really. Not really been able to get I much. I Newcastle were good. I thought their goal line defense in particular in the first half was exceptional and summed up more by that Slade Griffin tackle, which I put up on the page where he come back on the inside there after Latrell off-road to Tupo, and I think he gave it to Liu, and he just cracked him. He could have given up on that play, but he stayed alive. But Latrell early on in the game, he certainly brought back his confidence from origin. That three-man that he beat, got around the outside and dished back to Kiri. Early thoughts, I thought they were just going to hammer him. I honestly thought maybe they're in for a long night here, but 
Short kickoff, they put their nuts on the table and swung with the hammer basically straight away. Newcastle signaled their intentions. Nice try, Siani Mitaudia running a good line and an instant reply there. But that whole half, it basically felt like we're watching the Roosters just hammer their line and they just kept turning them away, turning away their attitude. After the big loss the other week, turn it around and coming to this week again um, was exceptional. But none more so, again, than bringing up that tackle that Slade Griffin put on. But they got to half time there. I thought they would have been pretty happy given the possession and the territory and not been able to, to find themselves uh, you know, out of their own end and out of trouble. They did crack when Ferguson hit a hole off, uh, I think it was Kiri. But 12-8 at half time, I think they would have been very happy with. Second half, Ponga comes out, uh, short side. And they, oh, sorry, I've just mixed it up there. They concede straight away first set. And I had the same feelings as I did in the first half. That maybe they're in a bit of trouble at 16 8. Mm. Was that the Ferguson try? Yeah. Yeah. Out of dummy half, jumps that short side and just catches them out. And again, similar to the start of the first That half. was the try that changed the game. That mm. try changed the game. There was another one. He scored another try, Ferguson, through a nice unders line. Um, that was the in, first that was half in the, off the scrum. Uh, yeah. That was a good try. But the one down the short side there, I don't know who the Newcastle defender was. I think it was Ken Seo, and he just didn't get off his line at all. Um, you've got to be better than that. One of the markers yeah, also. They no, both, well, both markers they both went the same way. Yeah. They went the same way. But it's a one-on-one tackle. You can't make that tackle on your try line. He, he tackled him mm. under the ball, around the waist, and he just fell over and scored. At, at least if you've got two or three metres or well, four to five metres of line speed, you've got that buffer there where you can tackle him low. You can't tackle him low when he's just going to fall over and score. So no. for me, that was that was a real kick in the nuts to Newcastle because I you know, I tipped Newcastle. I was confident they'd win that game. But uh, just little plays like that, they they lost. And well, it's just it's gutsy effort, but it's not good enough Like because it's, it's not good enough to win. It's another one of these games where if Mitchell Pearce is there, I feel better about it, but he's not in the last few weeks. Mitchell Pearce is going to make that tackle, but... No, not the tackle, but the control, the kicking game. But for me, it's just those little plays points. that they've got to get better I, at. I, I look at their halves every week and their spine. Everything, if it's coming from somewhere, is coming from Ponga. And right now, that's not easy to defend, and he still finds a way to involve himself like he did in this game. But basically, if you shut down Ponga, you win the game. They're not getting any points really out of Cogger and Watson. Watson's a good ball runner, but he's not a genuine half or a creative half. He's literally just a ball runner. Jack Cogger's going to the Bulldogs. After watching him play a bit more great now, I wouldn't be... Really disappointed if I'm a Newcastle fan that he's heading out the door. I think I saw more from Lamb in attack or with the football and kicking-wise than I have from Cogger. Mm. Um, but even him, I don't know if he's going to be there. But in that side of things, it's really let him down. But I still think the Roosters weren't great. They had 31 tackles to six inside 20. Didn't really convert a whole lot. Still a little bit too side to side. I will give their defense a wrap as well, though. Napa got pit in the bin. They defended their themselves through that and strangled through Cooper Conk's kicking game. And as has been the theme all year, they didn't concede. They actually kicked two points and found a penalty goal in that period. But um, I think at the back end of the game there, they concede a try. Newcastle are coming after him and they end up holding on with a late tackle yeah. to seal the game. But uh, it's just basically what I said before. There's plenty of talent on the field, but I'm still not completely convinced. I'm sure if it does click and when it does click, they're going to be... Well, it's clicked enough for him to get nine wins. Exceptional um, I think football they'll team. get better. And I think they're getting better. I, I don't think people gave Newcastle enough credit in this game. I they were good. Oh, I'm giving plenty of credit. They're exceptional. And it's a tough place to go and win. It was uh, afternoon footy and the Roosters got the job done. Yeah. On their side of things, say it every week, but Ponga was great. I think Sianni Mataudio been good. And SASA, they certainly missed him last week. He had a very strong game. Um, but I think, yeah, just that experienced person, kicking game, control, 
in those moments and just taking some pressure off Ponga. I don't know how far away Pierce is, but they need him back. Yeah, uh, They really do need him back. They're in the market trying to get some players in mid-year after that a couple of injuries now. They're obviously not going to get Ramian until next year. There was talk. They looked at Woods. I think they've pretty much quashed that now and said they're not going down that path either. Uh, now that Bure's out, they're looking for a centre still. So interesting to see where they go from there. Roosters, Ferguson was great again. Thought Kiri had a pretty solid game. Tedesco um, and a couple of those guys in the forward pack. But yeah, ugly win, but tough. Cowboys, Eels. Uh, awful. Just awful game. 35 errors. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what do you say? Nothing. Move on. Thought... Uh, They're oh. both bad at football. Neither of them are going to play finals, so I don't understand why we're talking about them. They suck. Yeah. Well, I think, end of the day, 20-14, to 14, Cowboys... Fans, a lot of people thought they were hard done by. I thought Kyle Felt's try wasn't a forward pass, uh, but he did essentially bomb the other one at the end of the field where he took the bomb and it got knocked out of his hands. Parramatta, I thought, definitely had more intent and more effort. thought Norman, why he made some errors, had a better game when he was on his own, much like Moses played better without him. People were going on about Hayne, you know, the reason his leadership, rah, rah, this and that, and the reason why they won the game. Uh, you know, he was good on return, but he's not the Messiah. Nothing's turned around exceptionally there, and... Yeah, I don't. Yeah, basically what you said, I guess. They're both done for the year, so it's pretty hard to see much into it. I, I know Matt Scott and you want him back in. A lot of people are talking about him coming back in. I didn't think he was that great the other night. I didn't think there was a whole lot of positives for the Cowboys at all, to be honest. Nope. But yeah, Jennings, his poor hands. He bombed another one going in. Had a bit of a rough run. He got one late there, but he dropped that one going in for the grabber. But all around, I guess it's more what we said before. The poor old uh, Darwin fans, the eight and a half thousand. They certainly didn't get their money's worth. No, terrible. Terrible game, terrible teams. That's about all I've got to say about this game. Jared Hayne, he was good on return, and that says something. If he was one of the best players on the field, he hasn't played in, what, two months, and he was up there. Um, Kyle Felt was okay. But even Matt Scott, like, if he was trying to push for an origin recall, um, I don't know. I thought Jared Wallace was probably better if you're going to pick it on form. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, man. Yeah, I'll just move on. Move on. They both suck. It was terrible. It was awful. Uh, Sharkies, Tigers, 24-16. I actually quite enjoyed this game. This was a real grind, a real arm wrestle. It was a Tui Lamar Lola here horror show. It was. It was. He should hand his paycheck in. He was... Dog shit. Well, I was going to say, after today, if you Moses and buy, I know he wants to stick solid with his club, but surely, football, surely if you Moses and buy and you're the Tigers, you want him there before June 30. You want that done. Yeah, great. And mainly it's been said that it's Mbai who wants to stay there, honour that. He's done the preseason play with those blokes. Full credit to him for doing that. But if I'm the Tigers, I'm ringing him right now going, are you sure? You don't want to have a crack at playing finals football and come here right now? I'm really pushing all the buttons to get him there. Um, but first half, I thought the Tigers were great. They seemed up for it. The break, as we said, uh, they looked a little bit tired before that. And I know they had no origin representatives, but that defense, the style of play leading into it, um, they looked a little bit flat. But 10-2 halftime, I thought they were right up for it. Their defensive intent was outstanding. Their yardage work, their back three as always. I think Maher and Masters in particular, over 100 metres, both in the first half, tackle breaks, offloads, etc. But they just frustrated Cronulla to no end. Yeah. They had no shape. Anytime they got inside 20, they turned them away. Their halves were poor on the back of the pressure and just the ruthless nature that the Tigers put on them. And then they conceded themselves a soft crash over from Elijah Taylor. But the second half, 
they came out and they just completely flipped it and put it back on the Tigers. And that's what the Sharks do best, get involved in dirty games of football. But yeah. uh, I thought, yeah, second half, they just ramped it up and they rolled over the top of them. Gallon got over, just purely on intent. Next set, poor kick chase, scattered line. Uh, something you don't see from him every often, but a pretty smart pass there. I think it was Eisenhuth who was found a little bit wanting in space and Valentine Holmes burns him 100 metres the other way. And a couple of sets later, again, Moylan sums up jamming in defenders on that right edge that we've spoke about, which has had some issues um, they seem to rush in and throws that beautiful pass over the top for Edric Lee. And at 18-10, I thought they could really just end up putting him to the sword here and putting him away. But the yeah, Tigers... They kept coming back, the Tigers. but Yeah, and then they did it against the Roosters last week. They've been doing it all year, but they've won those first few games that very, very close. Now it's starting to flip the other way where they're not getting those results. And uh, it was a case of that again. Lola here, as you said, grabs that try back late at 18-16. And you're thinking we're going to be down to the death here and then... That man that we speak about just about every single week, Jesse Raymond, individual effort, knocks over three or four blokes, goes 40 metres and puts the nail on the coffin, basically. They defend out that last four or five minutes and have to hold on to a couple of errors in the horror show that you've spoken about for me, Sam Masters. Uh, yeah, that's basically... Lola here. Oh, sorry, Lola here. Didn't really help him out, but uh, it's hard to say for the Tigers. I guess it's what we thought at the start of the year. Looking at the roster, there's not a whole lot more to reach for. Um, he's certainly getting the most out of what he's got there, but they have flattened out a little bit, that's for sure. And even after the break, defensively, they're still great, but in attack, still got some questions there. They found some points, but you're not getting points out of nine in particular. I understand why they can't. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Just a little defensively in first grade at the moment. He's not big enough. He's still a boy. He's still struggling. He's got to develop a bit more. I watched Matt McKirrick play again on the weekend. Defensively, he's good, but again, probably doesn't bring what you need in attack. And Taylor's there, but I still would prefer to have probably McKirrick or someone in there before Godinay defensively and have Taylor just play his natural role and get more out of someone else off the bench in the forwards. They even tried to swap it up and put Madalena on the bench to get a bit more impact in that sense, but uh, didn't quite work out for him. But I think the big thing is I'm looking right now at that Lola here, as you're saying, I'm looking at him by, I'm on the phone tonight straight after that game. Just basically saying, surely yes. you want yeah. to come here right now. You have to. That could be a bit of a spark to help them out and maybe cling to their chances of uh, finding themselves into some finals football. But I think for them, still again, they've got enough players oh, there. They, they had enough players to beat Melbourne twice yeah. to beat the Roosters. So I'm not saying they don't. They're yeah. But they need to punt. Like why they moved away from Corey Thompson at fullback, I don't know. Why did that? Why did that change happen? No, I idea. thought Corey Thompson was going well at fullback. I agree with you. I don't know. So, and um, Russell Packer, for me, he's had a oh, he's been okay the last two weeks. He's but flattened out again. He's flattened out a little bit, yeah. I think the big one for me, or the one that's really impressed me, Alex Twall again yesterday. His bench stint was good and bringing him and Madeline on, but he was great off the bench. Masters, I know Mahe's got a couple of errors in his game, but the yardage works fantastic. But the main thing right now is just generating enough points and, yeah, probably consistency in the forward pack, like you're speaking about. They don't have a real dominant pack. They did at the start of the year for those first few rounds, but maintaining it, it's, it's not quite happening at the moment. Uh, and I think the hooker situation's got to change. Taylor can't keep playing at nine. You need a genuine yeah, number exactly. nine. Yeah. So I'm looking at McKillrick right now. If you're worried about defence and you're worried about little, 
bring McIlrick in. You know he's going to run when you've got a quick play of the ball. He'll defend well enough in the middle. He'll do the minutes if you ask him to. Maybe give Taylor 20 minutes if you need to. But you can't play him there as your exclusive nine. And God, no, I'm sorry. Did a good job first few rounds. But again, as the season develops, he's not coming off the bench and defending the middle for me and playing nine. Yeah. So that's got to change. For the Sharks, uh, Gallum, exceptional. Holmes, another one. Off origin, very good game. I thought their props, in particular Pryor, I think he's had a really good month. Starting mm-hmm. to pick up his form. And uh, Ramian, Ramian, very good player. Graham, Lewis, all these guys. There's a bit there again. And I know they had the disappointing loss, but I don't know. There's still something about Cronulla for me. I don't know if they're a threat, but if everything kind of came together and I saw a bit more from the halves and the spine, if it stays the way it is now. But then that's my question. When Dugan comes back, is he going to change it all again? Is mm-hmm. Holmes going to go back to a win? Is Dugan going to get a fullback? It's just, yeah, there's a bit of a question there on the Sharks in that sense. Storm, Broncos, 32-16. And uh, the Broncos early on, I thought, had it all over Melbourne. They ran all over them. They had the run of play. Meters, they were carving Melbourne up. Uh, Boyd back on the angle. Six on four, I think I counted. They were just outnumbered. Munster overcommitted and just runs back against the ground there. Darius Boyd finds that try. And then not long after, off the scrum play, nice shift play there. Hold up, create some space on the outside from Mazarko. And at 12-2, uh, I was getting the feeling that maybe Melbourne were in for a long day. But they obviously had a bit of a chat after conceding those two tries in the end goal. They came out with a lot more intent, marched their way upfield, and Tottenham Payne's try was just purely get out of my way. He dragged three or four blokes over the line, got it back to 12-8. And heading into half time, I think Melbourne would have been happy with that because Brisbane, dead set, were all over him. Attacking shape looked better. Roll forward through Lodge and those kind of guys look really, really good. And the double punch of Offerhand Gow and Tavita Pango off the bench. Why tactical? Uh, proved pretty smart, I think. They, yeah. they were good when they came off the bench. But second half and for the whole game in general, and I didn't mention that for the first half, the difference for me was the kicking game. Yeah. They don't have a game manager. We've said it a hundred times. They don't have a seven. They kicked poorly. Melbourne, on the other hand, having a fresh Cameron Smith, his kicking game all day was absolutely pinpoint. No matter how many times, especially early on in the piece, they didn't have the roll on. His set finishes from inside their own half, always finding grass in those wet conditions and turning Brisbane around was great. Jackson Munster followed suit. Well, we spoke about it, that that's what Queensland were going to miss in the origin. Yep. And he came out and displayed it clearly in that game. And, yeah, that was... It was a masterclass was. of dummy yeah, half kicking. And a way to take momentum away from a side. That was... For me, the difference, and then that gave them field position, and their their they're plays and their scripted plays are just very hard to defend. Early doors, Brisbane threw some different shapes at them. They got some errors, uh, and they were able to get some points on the board and rattle Melbourne a little bit. But Melbourne just steadied, and but I was impressed with what Brisbane put out there. Uh, I thought it was a high quality game, particularly the second half. Yeah. The second half, that kicking game told. And Munster and Jacks, like I said, they obviously followed suit. Some nice kicks, just finding space, putting the ball on the deck. They got lots of repeat sets. They got errors. Uh, they just applied pressure, whereas Brisbane were kicking it down the throat of the Melbourne players and not finding grass. So at the end of the day, the kicking game, I thought, was basically flawless for almost the whole 80 minutes. Smith in particular, but Munster, he stepped up the second half after a frustrating first half, scored one, laid one on. Vunavalu, I thought, was... Awful again. His confidence is down. He's making a lot of errors coming out of yardage, but he snagged that one out of the air late in the piece, so hopefully that boosts his confidence up uh, somewhat as well. But uh, Kenny Bromwich was the one for me off the bench. He came on when our forwards looked a bit flat and really stepped things up, and Brandon Smith just has no regard for how big he is. And the other one's no. Felice. Felice has come back from origin yesterday, and that line he ran and just some of his general work and defence in the game, I thought he was great. But um, 
Brisbane Hawks are full. Plenty of young talent there, but week in, week out, it's just it's game management, game control, shutting things out. They have spurts of brilliance, but um, yeah, I think Melbourne with those older, more experienced players just strangled them, particularly at second half. Yeah, couple of calls Brisbane fans weren't happy with. I thought Oates is one. Uh, I I agree that was a strip by Munster. That shouldn't have been a turnover. Darius Boyd though getting dragged back in the in goal or when he got hit there, I thought that was momentum, so I didn't have a big problem there. But mm-hmm. um, when you concede four tries in succession in the second half and basically get completely dominated, I don't think Brisbane fans can really complain about the result. Nope. Last they, one. Uh, they threw a lot of good punches. Yeah, 100%. Last one, Dragons-Dogs, 18-16 today. Uh, fast, stop for, fast start for the Dragons all over them, had all the possession. Two opportunities inside 20. Aiken crashes over through a massive hole. Sims drags Cyril for blokes over there. Uh, missing the goals didn't help, but at 8-0 in the first 10 minutes with the two tries, I'm, I was thinking blowout. I really was. Uh, but the dogs, they steadied. Elliot crashes over. It was pretty soft, to be honest, by the Dragons, who have been very, very good defensively on their line. And after that, you felt like possession had kind of turned uh, and that they had a bit of opportunity there. But they were just poor on fifth tackle. And they will poor on fifth tackle all day. They kept caught with the ball too many times, Frawley and Marshall King, or didn't come up with a good option or ran it just for a nothing play. But that and just the shape, like you said, they constantly try to get back to trams and feel comfortable and run set plays. So they didn't really break out of that structure that we heard they were trying to get away from this year. And when the Dragons scored late to make it 14-6 at half time, I thought, well, hopefully they come out in the second half and just stomp on them. But to be honest, the second half, the Dragons looked flat. They struggled. They played really sideways. And I thought the Dogs had all the possession, all the opportunity in the world. And they found those two early tries. But for the rest of the half, it felt like we're just watching the Dragons defend and hold on by the skin of their teeth. And if it wasn't coming down to 16 all where Woods put that stupid hit on Graham to give the penalty goal to make it 18-16, yeah. uh, you know, could have been their game. And then you had the Dufty effort where he chased and I think it was Vaughn he tried on the inside to stop the cover pass. And it felt like they were scrambling the whole second half. They knocked a couple of kicks dead from Jackson, held some players up and even the final play of the game. But they held on nevertheless. And again, they're another one of these teams that this round wasn't at their best up the top. They won. Origin affected, but they found a way to win. And yep. for the Bulldogs, I'm, they're just they're just hard to watch. And it's the same thing every week. I thought Jackson, Clemmer, and Mbaya were all exceptional. They're the guys that everyone wants to buy and they don't want to let go, but they're in salary cap drama. They don't have any class in the halves. They can't put any polish on the back of any of their dominance, which they had in plenty of spurts in this game. And um, Yeah, it's just it's just hard to watch and it's going to be hard moving forward because I look at them in right now and say tonight, if you take a buy out, oh, wow. That's that's huge. Or if Clemmer or Jackson was to be let go, I'd, yeah, they'd, they'd be in big trouble. Oh, they'd be yeah. in massive trouble. But for the Dragons, uh, Harbs a bit iffy tonight. Again, second game in a row, they were too good. I, I think ben, ben Hunt's injured. I know he's injured, but I thought fifth tackle options in particular being really I just good. think it's impeding him getting around the field. He's just throwing a lot of poor passes. He's not going into the line. He's not yeah. running as much. So he's got a lot of... He needs to be running to unlock the other features in his game. And he... At the moment, I don't think he has a confidence to be able to run. I still think they're too sideways off the back of their forwards, and I thought their forwards did a pretty good job. Thought all the guys yeah. that backed up from Origin, DeBellin, uh, Frizzell, Vaughn, he played well. I thought Sims was the best a lot, though. He had a, a great game, and I thought Aikam was pretty solid as well. But similar to everyone else, I guess. Up the top, ugly win, Origin affected, but found a way to get the two points. So good win by the Dragons there. And that wraps that up. So we now move on. To some fan questions, boxes. Uh, your man, Mike Mehall Wood, says Ryan Sutton is to join the Raiders next year. Why are Canberra so interested in Poms than almost everyone else? Hodgson, Whitehead, proved bargains, though maybe Jordan Turner less so. 
give Ricky Stewart my number if he still needs a halfback. Well, it's because um, you need to diversify your recruitment. And at the moment, there's so many recruitment managers, player managers, people out there tapping into every market in Australia. You need to diversify and look somewhere else for untapped talent. And at the moment, it seems to be England that's uh, in that, I guess, that niche market that clubs are looking to exploit. I would say one thing, though. I wouldn't consider those guys bargains because in both cases of Whitehead and Hodgson, they upgraded them within 12 months of signing them, even though they had them for two or three years. So maybe for 12 months you had them on 200K or something average, but both got exceptional NRL top-level. Like Hodgson this year on the sidelines sitting there on $700,000. Whitehead's on about 400K. So for one season, yeah, I agree. But Sutton, I haven't seen enough of him, uh, not watching the Super League, to know if he's going to be able to make a dent, in particular in the engine room. Mm-hmm. which is a big ask for someone who's, I think he's only 22, to come over here and uh, take over that role. But, um, yeah, they've had some luck from over there with their recruitment, so why not go down that pathway? Chris Cohen, Tyson Gamble is killing it in the New South Wales Cup. Is there a chance he could squeeze into the first grade side of the Tigers? Seems too good to not get a shot. Well, watching him on the weekend, I thought he was pretty good again. Like He was okay, but compared to earlier in the year without drink water there, I don't think he's got a good enough kicking game. He's quite emotional too. He's one of these guys I've looked at and when things get a bit niggly, he gets a little bit too involved. Mm. Physically, he's exceptional. He's only 21, 22 years old for a six. He's a big body. He's not afraid to run the football or dig in a line. He defends well. So I think all those qualities are there for him to play. But at the moment, if Benji or Reynolds is playing in the six and you've got Brooks in the seven, I don't think you can carry him on the bench because I don't think he can play nine. So for now, I, I, yeah, I think it's a development year for him behind those guys. But moving forward, he's still young. He's yeah. 21 years old, but yeah. good footballer. Calvin Hewitt, do you think the refs can go the same style refing as Origin because I get they are refing the rules, but it's making the NRL hard to watch? Or what changes do you think are required to get the NRL back to the best game? I think it's getting there slowly but surely, but I, I think Origin needs to be refereed differently. Well, I think today and a few of the games had lower penalty counts. I think today only had 10, mm. but compared to Friday, there was almost 20, and then Origin obviously only, only had five. I think it depends on the refs and the mood of the game. Sometimes, like Perinara, he was, he was very whistle-happy. The other night, he went nuts. Whereas yeah. today, Chechen, I thought, was pretty good. Chechen's the best. So, you know, I, I think it depends ref to ref. Some, I think, really do enjoy just blowing the piss out of the whistle. But yeah. someone like Chechen seems to try and stay out of the way. So, um, yeah. JDHD, why do the Dragons insist on torturing me every time we play the Bulldogs? Hey, at least they're winning. Oh, he means when they play the Bulldogs. I don't care. Nah. At least they're winning, mate. Could be Could a have worse problems. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ah, Origin. Could be a Titan. Back up. Benny Hunt, like I said, a bit scrappy, a little bit flat tonight, but you got the win. So regardless of how you get your Ws, you take them. Dave Salter, could the ref sin bin and just call tackle count restart for a Pete Sloan infringements instead of penalty and reset defensive lines? Play to exit off the dead ball line. I think inside 20, it's something we're going to look at. I think in the Auckland nines, that's one thing we said before, was one of the best things they had was just restarting the tackle count rather than giving the set start. I understand that maybe teams might want to take the penalty goal, but at times, I think even taking that option away is not a bad thing just to keep the attack and the flow and ball in play and bring fatigue back into the game. Yeah. So I, I like the fact uh, that you know that could be a possibility. Whether they do that or not, I don't know. But in particular, out of range of penalty goal, I'd love to see him just say penalty six again you know, for an infringement and keep going, try and fatigue a team. Mike Winkley, very early days, but are the Doggies the favourites for the wooden spoon in 2019? Yes. Well, if you're taking in buyout and potentially Clamar or Jackson, if they do lose somebody else and bringing in part-time players, yes. massive favourites for the Wooden yes. Spoon. Andrew Wales, 
the end of the Storm Broncos game is one of the silliest I've ever seen. The refs are really getting out of control. So I guess that's in reference to Davida Pangai and a couple of the guys giving away some dumb penalties. Um, I can understand where you're coming from. It did get a bit loose, but at the same time, Tevita Pangai was carrying it like a dickhead. They'd yeah. lost the game. Uh, there was just some dumb, immature penalties in there. So yeah. not defending Melbourne, but the result was settled. If you're smart, and again, just showing a bit more maturity. Clean. I agree, it was a rubbish finish. And, and Maguire as well. There was a couple of guys just got a bit out of hand. So, But you've got to, you've got to look at the reasons why. Yeah. Edge Matthews, did Mr. Gossett revive Parramatta's season? First time he hasn't tipped them, and that happens. It's a fair point. Well, Mr. Gossip got the defibrillator out. I can already tell you that he's tipped them this week, so he hasn't he hasn't revived anything because they, they're un, irrevivable. Yeah, they're gone. Daniel Ryan, as you both know the game very well, shouldn't second rowers be able to play both sides of the field yes. to shake things up, or is yes. it such a specialised position? No, should be able to play both sides of the field. But if you're having to teach players to play both sides of the field, come first grade, junior development hasn't not or hasn't done their job. Yeah, they should be taught to catch pass both ways, carry both hands, exceptional. You work on your weakest side. You've got to be well, bilateral, isn't it, when you go both Bilateral ways. is both ways, yeah. so drills should be working both ways. Everything we do in particular, as Brock's just said there, whether it's catch pass, 3v2s, all that kind of stuff goes both ways. You put the ball both sides, work on your weakness. Well, we did, yeah, you no. didn't write the book on rugby league no. coaching, but, but if you're gonna, it's like, just you can't have a player come to you and say, oh, I exclusively play on this edge. Because if you get multiple injuries to players on, say, the right edge and you've got two left edge back rollers, then naturally one of them is going to have to play on the right side. Yeah. So they need to need to have the skill set in order to, to be able that. to do that. Yeah. Brendan Bush, what would happen if a ref puts a team on a third warning then sends off a player who is in the running for the Daly M? I believe the player would still be eligible to win the award but have points deducted. Well, yeah, that's how To be it. sent off, I think they have to be suspended, don't they, to lose points? Send a send off doesn't mean you lose points for Dalian. I think it's suspension, like you were saying. That's happened to Billy Slater a couple of years yeah, ago. I think he lost send-off. points, but to be sent off, you would think that you, you would, would be getting correct. Yeah. So, yeah, mm. Matt Tomlinson, who does the best Phil Rothfield impersonation? Can we have a buzz off? Louis Louis does a better one. I don't know about that. No, you do. You go first. No, the, you've got this. Me. This is Brock. Come you've, on, you've got me covered, mate. Well, Brock, I'm not so sure about that, mate. Yeah, I do. just think that they're an exceptional team. I think the thing that the fans can't see is that I get the Buzz Rothfield hands and the face going and yeah. the head wobble when I come into the microphone. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is like a radio show, so you can't see my face. Mm. It's probably not a bad thing. But I really think that I've got the Buzz Rothfield just isms down, the movements, Brock. Mm. But can't he? Well, you're not sweating enough. I know. I could sweat it up if you put the heater on. but You're not sweating enough, mate. Yeah. Daniel Ryan again says, hopefully I haven't missed. The penalty against Cam McInnes from dummy half was a joke. The NRL oh. are losing their way. Let the players play, and the refs have an instinct for the game. Yeah, we we uh, watched this game before recording, or sorry, yeah, before recording, um, and we both were shocked. Well, it's shocked. Jackson was in the line of the, uh, pass. Of the pass, so it's a it's a no brainer. It's a penalty. And they were talking afterwards. Where did you want him to pass? They were, they were talking afterwards that he has to find a way to pass around him. No, that's wrong. Everyone else in the ruck over the weekend lays down, hits the deck, does something to get out of the way. He's up on his knees yeah. in the line of the pass. The half was running through that line. There's, like for him to have to stand up, throw a shit lob pass over the top, and disadvantage. How his is half there a, a disadvantage kicker. to him when it's? Their player in the ruck. Exactly. Yeah. But where's the advantage to them for throwing a shit pass over the well, top of the way? should be that you get a penalty. And they're going, oh, well, if he hits him, it should have just been play on. Forget play on. That's a penalty. Get out of the ruck. 
Yep. He didn't try to get out of the run. Yeah. These other ones where blokes were laying down and people were throwing it on the ground, ridiculous. But in See, this I case, think they should be the ones where they deliberately do it. I think it should be play on. But that one should have been a penalty. Yeah. He didn't get down. He didn't try to get out of the way. He was in the line of the pass. So I, I was dumbfounded by that one. Johnny Ashko, how do they know how many meters a player runs for? And everyone's got their theory on here that the GPS well, from or, where he catches the ball and yeah. where he gets tackled. It's not as complicated. Yeah, it's not as complicated as what everyone's got in here. They they're asking is there a chip in the GPS that figures out when they've got the ball in their hands to no. when they've got in their back? No. Nothing to do with that. They have full time statisticians in the box, and they do review during the week and refine stats as well. It's not it's not someone at a club. The NRL stats. I know that, but clubs NRL also do that as well. Yeah, but they they wouldn't club. be they wouldn't be taking the stats that are already done. Each coach would get a sheet from NRL stats at half time. Wouldn't be their own status uh, statistician. No, I'm just saying. But they would have... take a stat that they like. Yeah, that's what I mean. They've got you their know. own kind of version, similar to what we had at Canberra, where there's maybe different categories that some clubs look at that others don't. Yeah. But yeah, it's not as complicated as the GPS and the jersey or something in the ball. That's yeah, not even close. It's literally a team of people where he catches get... it and yeah. where he gets tackled. Where he gets tackled. That's simple as that. Adam Thomas, the obstruction in the Melbourne Broncos game. The player gives himself up, runs back 10 metres and surrenders. How is that not a penalty? Just so inconsistent. Well, it's not the only game where it's happened this weekend. Yeah. Uh, it happened in Origin the other night as well. Munster continued, and he was the one who got involved in this one where I think he ran behind Hoffman, but he went backwards 10 metres and hit the deck. But we've seen a lot of those let go. Uh, one happened against Melbourne the other week in the Manly game that I watched. Yeah, didn't end up having a... Inconsistent. But, yeah. Yeah. Steve Elmer, great show, boys. Listen to it without fail. Huge Sharkies fan and wondering if you think they have any chance this year. And if not, who do we need to be successful? Also, is Val staying? Has Mr. Gossip heard anything? I don't think they can win it. Uh, I think they can potentially make a preliminary final. Uh, who? What do they need? I think they need... Oh, I don't know. They need to get rid of a few of the older fellas and get in some young blood. They're in a transition phase, but you would have expected them to slide further than what they have, but... You know, been able to make a couple of purchases. I think this year the clear one, if they had still had James Maloney on their books, I think they'd be a chance of winning it. I think they're a real dominant, game-controlling, game-breaking half away from being a premiership contender. I can't see them winning a competition with Moylan and Townsend in the halves. No, and Braley's young and Braley's young. fullback, they're not settled He's going to be better, Braley. I think Braley's uh, I think really Holmes, good. I'd stick with Holmes at one. Uh, Braley, again, he's going to develop. So those two I'd be happy to give 12 months to and then see, suck it and see. Uh, Townsend, he, you know he's going to be okay, but he needs a dominant half next to him. And I'm not... Well, I'm, I'm convinced Moylan's not a six. No, Moylan's not a six. Moylan's a one. We've so, said this a million times. They've yeah. got too many ones. But on the thing of Mr. Gossip, and we've heard this, not just from Mr. Gossip, the Cowboys want him bad. The Cowboys want him bad. Holmes. And there's a link there. He's from Townsville. Yeah. His partner is... I think Michael Morgan's sister or Michael Morgan's wife is sisters with Val Holmes' partner. So there's more than yeah. just a relationship with blokes from the Queensland side. He's from Townsville. Partners, you know, are linked as well. So there's there's a lot of reasons to want to go home. And they're obviously going to be... They've lost Ponga and they're going to offload Lachlan Coates. So why wouldn't the Cowboys be interested in Valentine Holmes, Brock? Yeah. But yeah. Wait and see what happens there. Joe Strasburg, boys, I really think we need to come down harder on penalties being... Uh, given away on quick play the ball attempts uh, near the line. It's frustrating to me that teams are taking the two at almost every chance, and it's boring to watch, but they kind of have to because every time a team gets momentum near the line and look like scoring, they give away a penalty to let Spot the on. defensive line reset. I don't care. About it. Yeah, because I don't care if they send half a team to the bin. 
I think a lot less penalties would be given away if they come down harder on penalties close to the line. I think the just automatic reset and the tackle count, yeah. that'll get fatigue back into it. Keep and there's the no real incentive then. Yeah, keep the flow going. Or again, we've said a hundred times, five minutes in bin. There's more reason yeah. to put the people in the bin quicker and get players off the field and have less effect on a game, but give you that opportunity if you're inside 20, mm. if two guys went to the bin quickly for five minutes. So, yeah. Jared Sterling, stopping the clock whenever the ball is not in play. Penalty, conversion kicks, and when the ball goes into touch, make the ball be in play for 80 minutes. Obviously, shot clocks will be required to stop teams from time-wasting. Just seems you look forward uh, to your team playing all week, but it's over uh, before you know it without actually seeing much footy. So another fan frustrator, I guess. With yep. Stoppages. We feel your pain, play, son. Scrums. Jared, I think everyone's with you. And then you watch Origin, where the ball was in play. There was only five penalties and things flowed quite nicely. Um, yeah, you definitely got your value for money. And there were some boys out that were blown very hard. Mm-hmm. So, big difference. Matt Green, do you guys agree that Garth Brennan has a bit of an eccentric Glenn Rushton, which is Jeff Horn's trainer, vibe about him? So, I think he's talking plenty of talk and bits and pieces going on. But, yeah. Yeah, I can see I can draw a line between them. I think there's plenty of talk. I don't know if there's a lot being backed up. Horn's backed up everything up until the point the other day where he fought a world-class fight. I don't think Horn does a lot of talking. No, he's talking about his manager, Rushton, who talked a fair bit, I think. But at the same time, at the end of the day, in that sense, I don't really care about him. I care about the fighter. But as far as the Titans and Brandon, we said a couple of weeks ago that he needs to stop talking. He's said plenty, and he hasn't backed a whole lot up. So I think it'd be best for Garth Brandon to stay away from microphones or keep things simple. Pretty straightforward. Fair. Josh Davies, take us through a week at a club if you can. How much do teams look at their opposition? How much do they work on themselves? Do players are trying to emulate opposition? Does a completely new game play get made each round? I think you've, you've got probably got 50% of your game plan or 75% for teams like the Melbourne Storm of your game plan would be intact and then you you do a shitload of research on the team that you're playing. But that, that cycle begins rounds and rounds beforehand. So for me, like well, this year, we had a, what do we have, a nine-week comp. Um, I would do video three weeks prior on our opposition. So if we played an opposition in round four, I would have watched them round one, round two, round three. Because for a couple of reasons, you pick up tendencies, you pick up weaknesses, you pick up strengths. You also pick up a better view of a squad. So if someone comes in late, um, et cetera, et cetera, you sort of know the player, the tendencies, all that sort of stuff. And it's probably more difficult at our level because there's not a lot of stats and information on players. But first grade, they've got a lot of that stuff um, nutted and there and ready and available for them. Um, But game plans, yeah, definitely you you tweak your game plan every week and you'd have little idiosyncrasies that you're going to work on. You'd like to think your assistant coaches would do that. One would look at the if you know your defensive coach should be looking at their defense, um, and your attacking coach should be looking at their attack and what they do well and what they don't do well, what players you can take advantage of, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, and then you're looking at things like training loads, injuries, um, how big of a turnaround you've got, travel. Yeah, there's a whole whole heap of things. You know, commitments off the field. There's a multitude of stuff. It depends what perspective you're coming from. Everyone's got a role during the week. So Brock's gone from the coach's side of things. But for a player on a turnaround during the season, most of it is video and recovery. And you do a bit on field, more about game plan or tweaking a few small things. But generally, like Brock said, more than half of what you do is premeditated or set with your own structure. But you do tailor some things because you do video and set up specifically to do stuff to certain teams or 
you get your tip sheet every week saying, you know, A, B, C, this is what we're going for. This bloke's a bad defender. He has these tendencies like Brock's saying about. So uh, there's a bit for individuals. There's a bit for the team. But you've also got your set structures, players and bits and pieces or characteristics to your own team. You might even have someone that does that for you full time. I know Craig Bellamy had Nathan Brown do that for a year. Yeah. Go and study every opposition and give him a report each week. Yeah. So but there's obviously a big difference between a five-day, six-day turnaround traveling to New Zealand or North Queensland than it is if you're a Sydney team playing in Sydney with a seven-day turnaround. Yeah, you exactly. get a couple of days of training to do on field to work on some stuff. You may do one day of maintenance weights during the week, which again, in season to out season, you're lucky to do one session a week, and it's just general maintenance to try and keep your muscle mass. Whereas pre-season, you might be going to the gym three or four times a week and doing field sessions, but. Uh, it all depends on the week, turnaround, travel, etc. who you're playing, uh, and what time of the year it is. But, uh. Last one here, Tynan Jones. Since Manly can't really drop DCE to New South Wales Cup because of his overpriced contract, should they strip him of his captaincy and give it to Jake Trebojevic because something seriously needs to happen? Good luck with that. Yeah, well, I think they've, like I said, they've anchored, regardless of what anyone thinks or a new coach or anything changing right now, contract's done. Um, that contract's there. They're not going to be able to offload him. No one's going to pick up a portion of that and they're not going to be paying, you know, five, 600000 for the rest of his career if someone was willing to pick him up. So when Bob Fulton did that and the club let him back in to set up that deal and he did do that deal, um, he's anchored to them for the long term now. Whether it was eight, 10 years, whatever the hell it's supposed to be, he's going to be there for many more years to come. And what, let's see now, three years into that deal maybe? Yep. Since he backflipped or three years or four? Three. I'm pretty sure it's a minimum eight years, but it could be anywhere up to 10. So yep. they've still got him for a while to come. And the salary cap, as we know, this year is still in a bad shape. Um, there's some back-end deals right now. So hard times ahead for Manly. But there you go. There's all of the uh, set of six fan questions, power rankings, game reviews, all sorted. Now we move on to our tips in the odds, uh, obviously a bit harder. Late on a Monday night, we've got no lineups. Uh, we don't know who's in and out. There's a couple of people that are up for suspension. We know about a couple of injuries, but we'll just do what we always do, have a stab in the dark. Sometimes mm. it ends up better when we do this anyway. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, tips. And the odds, obviously, brought to you by the Pro Sports Syndicate. Everybody out there, if you've seen uh, those affiliate links that we've been putting up for the different bookies, the boys there at the Pro Sports Syndicate getting you some good Bonus bet offers, box head, like we spoke about before. We've certainly taken advantage of some of those in the past. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we've got most of the accounts that have been offered, but Ned's last week, there was an offer there for deposit 500, 500 bonus bets, which is huge. William Hill this week, 100 for 100. There was Ladbrokes the other week, 250 for 250. Uh, their best bet for the first time didn't get up. I think they'll have three from three heading to this one. Yeah. So three out of four, pretty good. Brisbane, in all honesty, probably should have covered that line because they were playing quite well. So... Uh, a bit of a hard beat there, but the the total NRL package, the full tips, which is props, lines, etc., every week, half price for all our listeners. If you follow that link we put up on the page, ninety nine dollars for the first month. If you don't get a return of profit on your tips, obviously you get the next month for free. And there's free packages that we're giving out now if you follow those affiliate links. So if you sign up to some of those links, uh, they can't track it. The betting site can track your name, but if you've signed up through any of those affiliate links for those bonus bet deposits. Message us on the page. I've had two of the listeners already message me now that signed up last week for Ladbrokes or Neds. I'll put your details through. You'll get a month for free so you can trial the total NRL package. And they've been running red hot. This week, I think they broke even, but the three weeks prior, again, they'd almost racked up $1,600 worth of profit. So for the season total, close to $2,000 in profit, well ahead for the year. 
plenty of football ahead. Uh, they're doing great there, the boys, Matt and the boys. And we, we met Matt down in Melbourne. We did. Had a f- uh, few Scooby-Doos with him. Yeah, had a chat. A feed, talk had a about chat. sport. Good fella. So it's nice to meet the sponsors and uh, jump on board. We've got pretty uh, similar goals and things that we want to achieve with, with this show and um, moving forward. So it's good to have good people behind the, yep. the show. No, nope, said. Good and off they're on there. a roll like that. That bet. Yeah, it's a tough yeah. though. That's a hard, hard beat. I was, all, I was on it. Like it cost me a three-leg multi. But they were good with the player props over the weekend. So they had uh, like first try in the Melbourne game from eight minutes onwards. Uh, the highest scoring half in that game being the second half, which it was. They had uh, the overs for the line in the Tigers game. So that they had a, some couple of good ones there with the props. But after running hot for about a month now, breaking even this week, not too bad. But get on board well, there. Break, take a break even. He's a win. Yeah, 100%. You're not losing any money. But two, almost 2000 in profit the last month. So get on board there. $99, that discounted first month. No profit. Then you get the next month free. If not, you go to the full amount, which is 200 a month. But you can cancel any time. It's month to month. No contracts, no lock-ins there. And keep your eyes on those bonus bets. If you don't have a Neds, William Hill, Ladbrokes, if they put up their best bet and there's an offer there for a deposit bonus, I took advantage of the Ladbrokes one the other week. I've successfully rolled over. A little bit on the weekend. I had two dirty boots. How's this for luck? Right? Uh, what was the first game I had? Oh, that's it. I had seen Burgess try a win at $5. He scored. And then they went back. And George obviously ran into someone. So I was filthy. Then I had Latrell Mitchell to score. He almost got over twice. And then he did score. But it came off a knock-on from Luke Keary's hand. And then yesterday, about five minutes to go in that Sharks game, I had Jesse Raymond at $4. And I was like, well, it's just going to be a bad weekend. And then he beat four blokes and crashed over for me. So I've rolled over on my bonuses, ended up coming out there with that 250. I think I pulled 500 out. Boom. So Jesse Ramian, I've been giving him plenty of raps on the podcast and with good reason. Thank you, Jesse. Thank, thank, yeah. you, thank you, Jesse. He's got me paid. But uh, the round this week, there's no uh, gossip because it's a bit early on and any of the gossip you'd know about in by moving early. Aaron Woods looking at the Sharks, not at Newcastle, etc. So there's not a whole lot there for you. But in the tips last week, Boxhead, you got five. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, you got five. Gossip got six. I got seven. So I got screwed by two. You did. The only one I got wrong was the Cowboys, which again, I thought they would have turned up, but they didn't. But uh, Gossip is on sixty. You're on sixty-two. I'm on sixty-five. So got a little bit more of a buffer back. What is it? What is it again? Sixty-five to me. Sixty-two yep. to you, and sixty to Gossip. Yeah. So he slowly crawled his way back. You were within one last week, but kicked away the two here. But plenty of time left. And the first game of the round for this week is Parramatta versus South Sydney. Parramatta obviously uh, got Reed Marnie South. on debut. South will murder them. Yep, oh, I'm with you there. And uh, he skipped his uh, charge at the judiciary. South will get all their players back, you'd assume. So yeah. I'm on South Sydney as well. Mr. Gossip, wow, he has tipped the eels. Course he He's has. back on that bandwagon again. Jesus Christ. Riding that wave. But uh, with the Pro Sports Syndicate, Parramatta, 360. South Sydney, $1.30. Minus 10 is a line. 1 to 12, Eels, 475. $3 for South. 13 plus for the Eels, $9, 220 for South Sydney. Cowboys at home uh, against the Warriors. Tough one there. The Cowboys showed zero last week. I think it's time to start making some changes, rolling some players in and out of their squad. I have no idea how Jensen gets benched and Hampton gets put back to cup given the form of players like O'Neill and these other guys. That just dumbfounds me. The funny thing is here, Green was the one that everyone was talking about and rapping him. He's got a fairly hefty squad, but I think he's got some questions to answer given the selections. And I said earlier in the year I called out the fact that 
it was Michael Morgan's team now, not Jonathan Thurston's, and I still feel like Jonathan Thurston's getting free reign. He's not going to be there in 12 months. I think they've hindered their own development and they've put themselves a couple of steps back. So if Morgan's back in this week after the rest from Origin, I don't care how tough the talk is. Thurston's not there next year. The season's over. Morgan needs to be the number seven controlling this football side. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm tipping the Warriors. I'm tipping the Warriors as well. But I won't tip North Queensland again, I reckon, this year. The lineup. This week, if Ben Hampton and a few of these guys aren't playing, and I don't know how he got dropped in the first place, and O'Neill and a few of these other guys aren't somewhat on the outer and you're not looking at Mitch Dunn and a couple of younger blokes, and just, yeah, there's got to be some turnover to this squad. There has to be. Yeah, There's some guys that are definitely uh, past their use-by point, that's for sure. We're all on the Warriors, and with the Pro Sports Syndicate, they're eighty favourites up there. Cowboys, $2. Minus 1.5 is the line. 1 to 12 Cowboys, three thirty, three ten for the Warriors. 13 plus Cowboys, $5, 375 for the Warriors. Roosters versus the Panthers, probably the game of the round. Really looking forward to this one. Uh, for Penrith, we obviously know that Kikau is going to be out. There's a possibility that Wunga Blake may return from what I read today, but they might hold him off after rep round. Uh, on the Roosters side of things, I'm pretty sure they don't have any issues coming out of the weekend. Uh, this one's hard, but I think Penrith kind of really struggled last week and fought off and they looked a bit tired. I know they'll get the rest a little bit this week, but I'm going to back the Roosters to try and Finally, hopefully, push me over the line here and convince me that they're a real deal. Oh, back the Panthers. Long turnaround for them. And I'll, yeah. I just think they're better than the Roosters at this point in time. Tops. Well, Mr. Gossip, he's on the Roosters. And with the Pro Sports Syndicate, they're $1.90 a piece. It's a pick and game. Minus one and a half the line. Both teams, one to 12, three, 10, 13 plus. Both teams, 450. Dogs, Titans. <laughs> Hard mm. game. Uh, to pick, and especially without lineups. I think on the Titans side of things, Jared Wallace got charged, and I think someone else was also up for a charge. But I think early guilty plea, he gets off. Mm. Dogs from today, I don't think there was any charges or injuries to come short out of that one. For them. And uh, yeah, dogs coming off the short turnaround. It is in Sydney, but I'm, I'm going to back the Titans from what I saw last week. But That's uh, at Belmore, I'll back the dogs. Pretty bloody hard to get on board with that. And Mr. Gossip, he's with you. Dogs at Belmore. Hopefully they can fire up and get something done. But well, both... I like what I saw from them today. Just... They don't have that killer instinct at the moment, do they? They just don't have class in the halves to be able to capitalise on the back of anything. Mm. That's the big thing, I guess, at this point in time. So that hurt them. But with the Pro Sports Syndicate, they are favourites at Belmore. $1.70, $2.15 are the Titans, minus 2.5 for line. $1.12, the Dogs, $3, $3.40 for the Titans. 13 plus $3.50 for the Dogs, $5.50 for the Titans. Dragons versus Manly. Uh, it's a Dragons home game, so I didn't can't see here on the betting website, but I'm assuming Cogra or down in the gong. It's a win. Well, there you go. Even win. more reason, but yeah. no Coruscant. They're in absolutely awful form. Uh, I think it's a pretty easy one to tip this one. I'll be on the Dragons. Dragons. Mr. Gossip, clean sweep, raw on the Dragons. And with the Pro Sports Syndicate, $1.35 for the Dragons, three twenty for Manly. Minus 8.5 is the line. 1 to 12 Dragons, $3.450 Manly. 13 plus Dragons, two thirty and nine dollars for Manly. Broncos, Sharkies uh, at the prison. I think this one will be a pretty competitive game. Sharks obviously had to claw their way back last week. And again, I can't think of any injuries or suspensions to come out of that game. On the Broncos side of things, obviously a great start. Disappointing end of that game. I know Josh Maguire got a charge, but it's just a fine. So he's been cleared. I'm pretty sure Pangai was referred for a hit yesterday, but I don't think he'll be getting suspended on the back end of that. Uh, this one, purely because it's at the prison, I'll be taking the Sharkies. Yeah, Bermuda Triangle. 
Sharkies. It's a hard place to get. The go. Dragons have actually got two back-to-back games in Illawarra. So they'll have this game, the weekend off with a standalone origin, and then they'll bounce straight back into a game at Illawarra. So that's a big advantage for them. Down the gong. It's Parramatta in the gong on Thursday night. That's pretty good. And, yeah, they've got this game against Manly in the gong. So they're two games you'd expect them to win. Solidify their spot, you'd think, mm. right at the top there and good chances for top four. But with the Pro Sports Syndicate, gossips on the Sharks as well. And they're a $1.55 favourites with the Pro Sports Syndicate at home. Two forty five for the Broncos, minus four and a half the line. One to twelve Sharks, three dollars, three seventy five for the Broncos. Thirteen plus Sharks, three dollars, six dollars for the Broncos. Newcastle versus the Storm there in the Hunter. Uh for the Storm, I think Chambers, he only got a week. So he should be back. Dale Finucane was out with an aggravated thumb. I'm not sure whether he'll be back this week or not. Jesse Bromwich will be out. Uh, his injury, Billy Slater, they said this week they won't be risking, so I don't think he'll be playing again either. Uh, hard trip up there, and they have been stubborn, but I'd be expecting Melbourne to really want to get another win heading back into origin camp. They were heavily affected, already got a couple of injuries. So with Cameron Smith there in particular, even without Bromwich, I'll back the Storm in a close one. Yeah, Storm. But I definitely think Newcastle will give them all they can handle. Watch, watch this. I get off Newcastle, and um, you watch. Well, we'll see what happens. They've, but, got, uh, they've got form against Melbourne as well, well, they, well. Certainly. They've given us some drama. We did give them a touch-up, I think, the back end of last year, but different team, different time. Uh, Mr. Gossip, he's on the Storm, so clean sweep all around again. And the Storm, a dollar thirty favourites of the Pro Sports Syndicate. get three sixty for the Knights. Ten and a half start, if you like, Newcastle. One to twelve Knights, four seventy-five, three fifteen for the Storm, thirteen plus Newcastle, ten dollars, two ten for the Storm. And the game to close out the round out there at Campbelltown Stadium, the Tigers. Versus the Raiders uh, on the Tigers side of things. Benji Marshall is going to be out for a bit with that calf, it seems. I'd expect that Lola here would be out of the side and that Malachi <laughs> would find his way back in and Thompson to fullback in a reshuffle, you'd suspect. Yeah. Uh, on the Raiders side of things, Rapana, huge loss. Like it's Wingers have become so important in this modern game, but Jordan Rapana last week, tackle breaks, finishing, kicking 40-20s. He's one of the most consistent players every single week. That's a big blow. Uh, so at Campbelltown, a couple of losses in a row. I'm going to bat the Tigers. They've got three games on there. ISP, flag everybody. So I'll take the Tigers doing this one in a close one. All right, you go the Raiders. I think the Tigers are in a bit of a slump. And the Raiders, man, they're in every game. They just can't win one. So well, Let's see if they can finally win one on the weekend. Mm. But, Daniel, uh, What about Daniel Ryan? Just sent through a message. He's watching 360. Um, he's seen Buzz for the first time this year. And your impressions are spot on. There you go. Every- they are spot on. Everyone's loving the buzz, Brock. As soon as we started doing it, we thought Laurie was a hit. The other year when I did the Gordon Tallis, that was a hit. But buzz is just, it's its unbeatable, like I the blues. I think it's a bit of a love-hate relationship. It is. He's blocked us on Twitter. But <laughs> yeah, he I, did I, I'd love to have a schooner with I buzz. I sprayed him. I'd love to have a schooner with him. That was three or four years ago. That was ages ago. It's not when we first started. He's, he's fucking got a glass jaw. He's blocked everybody. He's got a glass jaw. Yeah, he doesn't like He it. gives it, but he can't take it. He can't it. take it. But back to this game. I'm on the Tigers. You and Gossip are on the Raiders. We'll see if the Tigers can get their season back on track. Can yeah. the Raiders we're piss... Gonna be, uh, we're out there on Sunday. We've got the junior rep presentation. We're doing the old lap of honour. Well, you guys are. I'm not. Why, what are you I've doing? I've got a prior engagement. Ah, oh, prior engagement. I do. Yeah, good. That's it. Yeah, cool, good times. Cool story. So I'm on the uh, Tigers. You guys are on the Raiders with the Pro Sports Syndicate. It's $1.65, uh, the Tigers at home. So a bit yeah. of value there if you like the Raiders. Two twenty-five minus three and a half is the line. One to twelve Tigers at three dollars. The Raiders three forty and thirteen plus for the Tigers three fifty for the Raiders five fifty. 
Raiders 13 plus, get on. Oh, that's ruthless. <laughs> Considering the way they've been playing and the Tigers been in every single game and defending quite well, that's a pretty big call. But mm. yeah. there you go. There's another week in the books, Boxhead. It is. So the Pro Sports Syndicate. Case I don't see ya. And Charity Bet, two in a row. We're starting to get back on board a little bit there. Yeah, Brocky's got us back. Latrell Mitchell, try a win, 340 in the bank. And then this week we're South and the Sharks. They both did it the hard way, but they won. Yeah. So there's a couple in a row. So a bit more money in the kitty there. I'm not, going, I'm not doing a bet now, but... No, we don't need to do a bet now. We'll wait for the lineups because right. this is late Monday night, very yeah. late. So we've got uh, those two. If I was going to have a bet right now, I'd have Raiders 1-12 to 12. Mm. over West. Fair enough. But there you go. Pro Sports Syndicate. Don't question me, mate. I'm on a roll. Shh. Get on that package, the Pro Sports Syndicate, 99, half price for your first month. Look out for those affiliate links. Click on them. If you do sign up one of those bookies and get the bonus to bet deposit, they are giving a free month subscription to those tips. So if you inbox us on the page, we'll sort you out for that free month subscription from the Pro Sports Syndicate. Big thanks to them. And the Penrith Solar Center, mentioned the podcast. Give them a call. Get them to sort you out. Help your back pocket. Help your bills. Energy prices just keep going up. You need to put yourself up against it and defend yourself there. Help your wallet. Pokedeluxe.com.au if you're a football club looking for a fundraiser. Get on board with Paul and Adam and the boys there. Bucks parties, hens parties. Uh, you want to learn how to play cards, anything there. They cover all that stuff in every single state. And to Pam Boltmaster, if you're a tradie like myself and you need any bits and pieces of gear there, they can provide you a total need sourcing package no matter what the trade. And our two others from our Great Walk Foundation, sponsors from the lunchroom we did there, Full Spectrum Services, fullspectrumservices.com.au, Western Sydney's leader in pest control pool fence certification, and commercial cleaning, their service is diverse, but core values rock solid. Amazing people, fantastic service, and brilliant outcomes. Contact Mark there on 0430220263. And Insignia Hair and Day Spa, Amanda and the girls there, let them take care of you. 4722-3503, Penrith York Road, Unit 14 of 69. They have award-winning hairdressers, their day spa, beauty salon, massage, and nail parlor. If you want to spoil yourself, look no further. Insignia has all bases covered for men, Women, treat yourself or your partner to the works and be spoiled by the team at Insignia as they cover every aspect. Yeah, there you go. Late night uh, on a Monday after a long weekend and a fair bit going on, working and all bits and pieces. And it's uh, yeah, fairly late one here, but podcast done. Hard to do those tips without any of the lineups, injuries and judiciary kind of stuff, but we've had a crack there. But there you go. Set of six, power rankings, Tips, fan questions, game previews and reviews. Another round coming up before the standalone Origin weekend and the rep round for now. Enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.